yeah I th- and I think I don't know I guess guess my faith journey for myself I think you kind of have to I don't know I have so many thoughts about it there's lots of other sort of religions find it weird that we baptize as babies because they think you don't have a choice but I think it's kind of like this beautiful thing because you have this sort of like foundation this base to fall back on and then at some point you kind of make your own choice in it and I um joined a youth group kind of had like a bit of a Jesus moment where I was like whoa I think I should be going to this camp so I did and yeah joined this youth group and kind of signed on properly myself and haven't really yeah looked back from there I guess so Mm. That's my like re baptism, second baptism. Wow. It's like second yeah, breakfast. Yeah. Second breakfast. <laughs> second breakfast. Elevensies. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, that's um. I guess I can kind of like relate to that a little bit. You know, um, I think for me, yeah. Once I had my conversion, there wasn't really any looking back. Like. And I always think, you know, even seeing, like, all the things and all the graces that the Lord has given me and, you know, that I've had the honor of um, participating in, like, I just think that living a normal life would be boring. (laughs) Mm. Yeah. You know, like, there just wouldn't be, like, I couldn't. And I feel like I've just seen too much where it's like, man, I couldn't in good conscience, like, turn away from the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. I think you kind of crack into the whole thing. Like I remember discovering like Life FM and Parachute and literally thinking to myself, whoa, these people have like their own radio stations. There's this whole other world that I didn't even know existed. Mm. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Dang. Yeah, I totally agree. I think like the whole thing with um, your sort of like testimony of going to the youth group and whatnot, that's very similar to my sort of story. And I guess I kind of want to know with me, it was sort of a slow burn, like me, like sort of coming to faith and all that and, you know, my growth of my relationship with Jesus. But what what was it for you, Tracy? Was it sort of like a slow burn thing or like you said before, was, was it like a, a, like a instant thing that was like, oh, God's real or like, what, what was the, I don't know, I th- what was the yeah. thing? I think it's a, it's an interesting question because I know like the exact, I can pinpoint the exact moment that I kind mm. of, I guess, got kickstarted. I don't know. Some people call it like their God moment or whatever. Yeah, like yeah. I remember I was maybe 15 or 16 and I was driving down the road. I wasn't driving actually. My mom was driving. I was in the <laughs> car with my mom and <laughs> I good. drove yeah we were almost at the church we weren't even at the church so like i don't know if i can credit to the church but there was this one tree and i just saw it and then i was like i think i have to go to that weird youth camp thing that they were talking about and i went home and i called my best friend and i was like look this is gonna sound real nuts but i really feel like we should go to this camp and she was like i was thinking the exact same thing and so yeah we went and that was kind of like my first like I don't know, foray into it, but it, it kind of, yeah, there was, it was ups and downs. It wasn't like this massive explosion. Hmm. You went and you were like, okay, okay. Just, I mean, like anything, you got your cool people. You got, you're like people who are just way too into it. They are very intimidating. <laughs> you're like, that's oh. you now, Tracy though. <laughs> <laughs> that is me now. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think. For those of you listeners, Tracy's like a camp junkie now. Oh, that's a very real possibility. Yeah. <laughs> I do. Sorry, I do. you were going to say something that was probably 
better than that. <laughs> nah, but now you got me thinking about camp. What a good time. What a good time. <laughs> That's what I'm missing, quarantine, going to camp. <laughs> wow, it's real. It's real, man. Yeah. Oh, man. So you've been in Hamilton now for, since, when did you move to Hamilton? Um, I moved to Hamilton when I was third form. They don't even call it third form anymore, so that shows you how long that was. Um, <laughs> I don't even know what that is. I'm yeah, I don't even know what that, oh, oh, you international people. Okay, so when I was like 13, that's when I moved here. And on Sunday, I'm going to turn 31. So I don't know, someone do the maths. <laughs> it was uh, that long ago. <laughs> Um, happy early birthday. Not too long. Um, oh, wow. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so what do you do, like, what do you do now in Hamilton? I mean, I know, but listeners maybe don't. <laughs> what do I do? So now I am a primary school teacher. I teach uh, year five and six, which is like 10 and 11 year olds, sometimes nine year olds. And I've been doing that. This is my fourth year that I have been doing that. Before that, I was doing um, early childhood for about eight years which I really loved there was such an amazing time but I just remember thinking imagine if I could do this and there was like a little bit of a god aspect to it which don't get me wrong all you people who send your kids to jubilee childcare because that's amazing and if I could have worked there I would have um which is the catholic childcare in Hamilton but anyway I didn't get into that just wanted to point that one out um and I ended up in primary teaching through a kind of series of events or what have you and now I work in a Catholic school which is yeah it's really really incredible and I guess has just been this amazingly unique opportunity to kind of relearn a lot of stuff about my faith and actually like revisit it and fill in a lot of gaps and things like that and because I have to learn so much to teach it to the kids that yeah I'm getting this kind of second education on, on yeah. so many amazing, beautiful parts of our faith. That's awesome. Yes, so many things that we, like, take for granted, too. Like, it's like, oh, yeah, I knew that. But, like, being able to kind of mm. relearn it or different aspects of things kind of stick out to you and you're like, oh, I never thought about it that way or... Um, yeah, well, because, like, a couple of weeks ago, obviously pre-quarantine, I was teaching my kids... Um, about the Our Father and how it is the exact perfect way that you are supposed to pray to God. And there's just like, like, you know that it's a great prayer, but there is just so much meaning behind every single line when you actually unpack it. And it just kind of blew my mind a wee bit, actually. Wow, that's crazy. <laughs> I was, a while ago, I was looking at the catechism. There's a section there about the the Our Father prayer. And I was also like breaking down like each of the sections. It's pretty, pretty crazy, eh? It is. It's, yeah, really they know what they're doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, super interesting. Eh? And like, so what? Obviously, like, oh, go ahead, John. I was gonna say, what, like, what grades did you teach? Sorry, I don't know if you said it before. Um, yeah, so I teach year five and six, so they're like ten and eleven year old kids. Oh, okay. I don't know what that is for you guys. Grade four or something? Something, yeah, probably Maybe? something like that. Grade four, five, yeah. Ish. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, what I was gonna say, Tracy, is like. So obviously, like, you're in a Catholic school, there's, like, an RE element um, to the Catholic school, which it makes it, like, I guess pretty easy to talk about Jesus and the faith, but I'm sure that there's, Mm. like, other ways that you kind of try to, like, communicate Jesus to them that's not so explicit, maybe? Um, Yeah. What are some of those, like, things that maybe you try to incorporate or try to, I guess, Mm. live out as a teacher? I think because when you're sort of dealing with kids, there's all sorts of um, like theories and whatnot about 
how much they can understand at certain ages and stages. And so kind of when they're younger, they basically start out just being like, God is my friend. And if they can kind of, you know, get that as a concept, cool, we can move on to. And so we, I mean, we haven't quite hit like the Trinity. Like they know that there's three of them, but the idea <laughs> that there's three and there's one and there's three and there's one, like poof, that just is too much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so I think it's too much for really, me. <clears throat> oh, it's too much for everyone. Mysteries yeah. of faith. Um, <laughs> and so I think really at my level, trying to get my kids to know that like God loves you and that he kind of wants to be a part of your life and trying to make that into, I guess, a natural thing that happens. So like when, um, unfortunately, I mean, the kids in my class have had a lot to, I guess, practice on in the past wee while with, you know, sort of like the Christchurch shootings and the quarantines and all sorts of things. There was, what was it like the eruptions and, you know, the, they kind of unfortunately have discovered the world is just not this magical happy place that they thought it was. But what I'm trying to do is to, help them to I guess turn back to God and offer that up and say you know like God this is really hard and I don't understand it can you help me figure this out in my life which even as an adult you know it's a hard thing to do to mm. to stop and and kind of have that time where maybe he can help you through some of those situations mm. yeah and like it's amazing when you give them the opportunity like kind of what comes out a little bit yeah. <laughs> from like their prayer you're like all right that's but like just kind of going with the flow and like oh, be yeah. like okay yep i think that's weird but it's normal for you cool <laughs> <laughs> it's so true i think and just giving them the space like i have to constantly be like they are only 10 it's okay that they're praying for their cat because it is the most important thing in their life right now just <laughs> let them do it <laughs> yeah 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 oh man yeah kids yeah. are awesome and just like yeah hearing their prayers they're so like just Cute. unashamed yeah. of what comes out of their mouth that yeah. you're like man it's i do have to be more like that in my prayer mm. yeah. yeah faith um, like a child yeah yeah for sure um, so, so you live in a catholic flat tracy right well, I mean, a little bit of a, yeah. So currently um, there's me and Mary who is, we're both Catholic. And then we've got another flatmate who is Christian. So is, yeah, it's been a, quite an interesting time. So it's it's really cool, you know, like that you've got that basis, but there has been, there's been a lot of chat in our flat about uh, lots of different Catholic things and, you know, all the classic questions. So the whole like Mary thing and the statues thing, like classic. what is going on there? <laughs> And it's oh, like, yeah, it's been really cool to kind of, I guess, evangelize that way to somebody mm. and just like slowly unpack your faith for them. Um, yeah. What are things that you guys have kind of, I guess, done? Because we're so used to all of us, Catholic, Christian, whatever, like we're so used to going out and going to church or doing things at the parish or, you know, mm. like um, going out. But obviously we can't now because we're all stuck inside. Um, yep. What are some things that you guys have, like, kind of been making a point to do as, like, a flat to kind of um, yeah. have that sense of church, I guess? Well, I mean, we kind of initially started out um, doing mass separately and then discovered, like, it's a very weird thing to try and do mass by yourself. You you need, like, I think I realized really quickly, you need that, I really don't like this word, but that fellowship in the church, you know? Like, you need that community in 
the church to help you I stay on the right track, I guess. And so, like, Mary and I have started doing um, our, our do it. I don't know what the word is. Experiencing, going to. Because watching mass does, is not right. But you're, like, partaking in the video form of mass or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> Whoever's figured that one joining out. Joining in on mass. Joining on. in. Yeah. So yeah. We've, we've started, yeah, joining in on mass together, which has been really cool. And I think we constantly are laughing through mass, which obviously is not right. But, like... <laughs> figuring out um which parts like you're like wait is this a stand-up bit or a sit-down bit yeah. like because there's not 500 people around me doing it for some reason even though i've yeah i'm like i've done it like five thousand times but all of a sudden i just actually have no idea what i'm supposed to yeah, be doing and normally like you can cheat and watch the priest but when the priest is doing all the readings and everything you're like ooh, i can't cheat yeah. and watch the priest this time yeah, it's so true <laughs> so actually true. i had a really um good chat with a seminarian friend of mine i'm not going to call him out um basically my question was uh is it more legit to do live stream mass than like just watch mass later on and like his his reply effectively was basically neither of them really is legit mass just hold just stay with me you know because you're not there and you're not experiencing but it's just all about the intention you know like if you're entering into mass and you are 100% fully intending this to be your communion with others and your communion with Christ and accepting him you know into your life and that wherever you are in your lounge room then it doesn't matter if you're live streaming it or you're not or whatever is happening so Mm. I kind of yeah I like that as as a reply yeah that's cool. Yeah, yeah. I like that. Yeah. Absolutely. Made me feel better because I'm struggling with the 9 a.m. get-ups. It's not part of my quarantine schedule, you see. <laughs> what time are you even the getting up? The quarantine schedule. I mean, like, I've been trying to get up at, like, 8 a.m. And then, honestly, I just lie there and think, what are you doing? You've just made your day, like, two hours longer. Just go back to sleep. <laughs> and then that's the first, like, two hours. Now I'm going to have to find something else to occupy myself for two I know, hours. yeah. Because I woke up at 6 a.m. this morning and I was super mad about it. I was like, no, this is going to be the longest quarantine day. What is going on here? It's not great. See. You can work on your model car. Yeah, 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 yeah. You I have should, two I should. more hours to work on your car. I know. Yeah. I keep thinking that maybe I should do one of those. What is that thing where you video it and then it speeds it up? Time, time lapse. There it is. Time-lapse. Yeah, like a time lapse of my model car. But then I'm like, I don't want to turn into that person who starts a blog oh. just because like it's quarantine and you have nothing else to do. <laughs> we um we went like I think it was the day before we went into lockdown and you know we had been dividing out like recording equipment and stuff because obviously like a lot of us are trying to do online content for the church and because uh, it's the only way that we can kind of be present and i kid you not i went to like three different stores and all of them were sold out of microphones wow like yeti <laughs> microphones for like podcasting and like stuff <laughs> like that and i'm like is everybody just literally like gonna try to make like a podcast or like a vlog or something during quarantine <laughs> apparently yep. that's the go-to activity that's pretty funny <laughs> i was like prepared to fight work. somebody for it <laughs> wow everyone's just making podcasts now yeah yeah exactly. and uh now we're making a podcast <laughs> now we it's are like, making no, 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 a podcast no. my podcast is better than your <laughs> podcast exactly of calling the teapot black there you go yeah. yeah um yeah i guess remember before tracy how you sort of mentioned life teen and the summer camps and the camps and all that um mm-hmm. what what sort of got you involved with that and like i suppose like you're st- you know, you're still, like, 
like a sort of leader uh, in that group, I guess? What what sort of what sort of stuff do you do, and what got you into that? Um. Yeah. I mean, I guess I I've just been going like I've, I started youth group really young when I was about fifteen, mm-hmm. and um. Ironically enough, I must share this with you guys because there's only three of us here. Uh, when I first started, I did it. I did it for a year, and then I actually needed to get my Duke of Ed signed off, which is like this whole program where you do all these different activities. And so somebody um, did a little bit of a swifty for me and pretended that I'd been a leader for that year that I had been a team for. They signed it off so that I could get my like my my medal. And so basically what happened was then I was stuck being a leader for the whole of the next year. So then I was like, all right, fine, might as well do this. And so I did. And yeah, like I really enjoyed it and had some fantastic times, you know, with friends and got to do some amazing teaching of things. And just really, I guess I, I like life because you can kind of authentically witness where you are in your life. Like I love teaching my kids at school all about it but that's a like a little bit more of a like happy clappy version of lots of things but mm. you know when you're when you're dealing with teenagers they need that like authentic realness they need you to come and be straight up with them and be like I did this I've been a Catholic for quite a while it does not work perfectly every single time you know you have those absolute downs and those ups and mm. I guess yeah you just got to keep going with it and I think having that space to to say that out loud and be like i am not perfect but i'm just gonna keep trying is yeah it's what i like about life teen so much and yeah and so then a couple years back i got into helping with um the big massive life team wellington camp in obviously wellington and (laughs) yeah and i've kind of just i don't know when you're catholic and they figure out you can do things like lead people or whatnot you just get sucked in and i i've been doing it for like you're not supposed to tell people that tracy <laughs> they're gonna find you tell them our tricks they're gonna find you and and then 15 years later you're still trying to get out and you can't so you just keep going back <laughs> wow That's so what years, is wow. life teen wellington yeah like life teen camp in wellington yeah, so it is, um, we, in Hamilton, we used to run a camp, um, but it never quite got as big as Wellington, because they've done this amazing thing where, because Lifetime is an American-based um, uh, youth group program, I guess you would call it, which kind of just took off in the States in, like, maybe the, the late 80s, and then it got it got bought to New Zealand, um, and they kind of had a couple of youth groups around, um, and Wellington has essentially gone and um reconnected with the americans over there and they've sent a few people to camp and they've done all these really amazing things yeah the americans um (laughs) yeah they've done some amazing things and they're really using their program and so they because in america for life team they run i think it's a six or seven week program and so we basically just run one week of that program and squish it into like four days just no mean feat they've yeah the people that started it down in wellington deserve a pat on the back they've done an incredible job um for sure yeah and so no 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 so yeah oh i love it (laughs) so yeah we go back every year and and um i've been involved i think i like it because i've been involved in so many different capacities um over the years like you don't always have to be that's that's the biggest thing you don't always have to be the person standing up the front doing all the talking and sharing your amazing wisdom all the time like I'm 
the activities director. So I do that and I figure out how much slime I can throw at people all the time. Cool. And, you know, what kind of ridiculous activities yes. I want to do. So, oh, man. That's so cool. What kind of activities do you, do you like to run? What sort of activities do you guys do? Um, I think probably messy games is my favorite. It's just yeah. this day oh, on yes. the field. Literally try and get them as messy as possible. And there's like slime and mud and bubbles and water and food coloring and shaving this year we did this massive big color powder thing which is pretty incredible cool that's cool man that gives me nostalgia back to my summer camp days which weren't too long ago (laughs) yeah i that was probably my favorite part like messy game day like Mm. we used to call it like friday fun day or something when i worked at camp was like the best yeah like just also, you've been, like, dealing with, like, your cabin of kids all day or all, like, week, and you're like, man, I just want to, like, peg them with some slime. <laughs> Throw some stuff at them? Well, <laughs> That's that... not going to injure them, but it's going to feel so good. Wow. <laughs> and I'm, like, super com- competitive as well, so if you're like, no. man, then we have teams and, like, we're trying to get the other team messy, I'm all about it. Again. Yeah. That's cool. Um, good times. But just going back to something you said um, that I think it's really important for people that might be listening to hear is like you don't always have to be that person in the front. And I think that mm. when you think of leaders and um, you think of, yeah, when you think of leadership, I think oftentimes those really extroverted people that are out there giving talks and doing this or that, you know, or the people that um, you think of as leaders, but really those people working in the back like around doing you know helping stack chairs or do activities or running sound or moving equipment like oh yeah those are beautiful ways that if you're not an extrovert to like or you're not you know super charismatic like personality that you mm. can do that the church needs those people like mm. we can't we can't make any of that happen without those volunteers yeah for sure yeah I always remember my drama teacher because I never got like the um, main positions in the in the place. And I remember her saying, what is it that you do? And I said, oh, I'm just in the choir. And she was like, no, you're never just in the choir. Because if you don't have the choir, this whole thing falls over and no one can do anything. Like they're going to look ridiculous up there by themselves. You know, you're yeah. never just in the background or just the lighting guy or the sound guy or the whatever. Like, because you're so essential and we need everybody. I love that everyone can just you know, witness in their own way and, and help in their own special talent. Because there's so yeah. many things that I can't do that other people can do. Dang. Yeah, there's so many different, like, people and personalities. Like, with youth ministry, I think, you know, like, there's often time the stigma of you have to be young to, you know, be relevant to young people. And while that, like, there are benefits of that, like, there are so many young people that don't have mother and father figures or grandparents or whatnot you know that the the old lady that's baking snacks and you know treats for everyone like that person can really impact a young person like yeah and leave a lasting impression because they you know offer something that maybe i don't or you know that you and john don't um Mm. we're all kind of in this greater mission together and we all pay, like play crucial roles, you know. That's motivational, man. I feel hyped up. Good. <laughs> <laughs> I was ready to get out there. Said, can't because we're in quarantine. Wanna... <laughs> yeah. 
So what um, would be some advice, I guess, Tracy? I mean, you've been involved in all different kinds of ministries. Um, you help out with us a little bit, um, obviously, in Wellington, parish ministries. What kind okay. of is your advice to somebody looking into maybe wanting to get involved or, you know, mm. thinking, oh, I have this talent. It might not be anything crazy, but maybe I can offer that. What would you kind of, I guess, say to them? I guess, like... Um, you just got to kind of put yourself out there and go and ask them. Cause oftentimes the like youth leaders and youth ministry people have got so much going on. They aren't going to maybe see you in the way that you, you want them to, you know, like, so maybe, I don't know, you can play the ukulele or something. We don't know that we need a ukulele player until you show up and you do it. And then we're like, that was banging. You should come back and do that for us every week. You know, like <laughs> you got to kind of. Yeah, just take that leap. Just say a quick prayer and be like, I hope I don't look like an egg right now. And then just go and ask and say, hey, you guys need leaders or do you need this? Or can I like bake a pie for you or whatever, whatever you need. Yeah. No matter how small. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. Well, I think we're about at time. Um, time flies when you're having fun. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um. Cool. Well, thanks, Tracy. Thanks for sharing and um, for sharing a little bit of your life with us and um, your heart. And yeah. Yeah. yeah cheers, well, Tracy. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Lovely to see you all. Awesome.